all good. That's well, welcome back. Y'all missed a great first five minutes of the show. Welcome to the self-named 3R Sports. You missed our spill about we are now a permanent broadcast on iLogic Media and on YouTube and Spotify and on YouTube. And, hey, shockingly now, the feed's coming through to my laptop. Uh, sorry about that, guys, but that was our first technical difficulty, and it won't be our last. So let's pick back up where we were discussing. And um, where we opened up with was a general overview what we thought the story of the 21 tournament was. Rog, sorry about it. Can you recap again what you said earlier? And then Robbie will come to you. Oh, just like Robbie, I love to hear myself talk. So it's a little different seeing myself talk. I don't like that as much anymore, but I used to. Hey, we are faces uh, built for radio. Back to the tournament. <laughs> Always. I, I thought it was it was a spectacular tournament. It really was. And I just. It was intriguing in the sense that, yeah, there wasn't that buzzer beater. You know, I guess there was one that was banked in. It, for Gonzaga to beat an 11 play-in seed UCLA. I really saw great basketball, man. And I, I, there were so many upsets. And it's kind of crazy when you have limited people in a fairly neutral venue and you have Abilene Christian and the University of Texas. And, you know, it's one thing when I guess everybody's in the stadium, everybody will be pulling for Abilene like as the underdog, meaning most of the people being, uh, you know, non-interested fans. But... I mean, this was a really even playing field. And it was really good basketball. And one thing I, I, I take home from this tournament overall is, you know, athletes, man. You, you can't you can't sub athletes. You can't sub, you know, I, like I said, USC went to the Elite Eight. I picked him to go there. I thought Oregon would beat Iowa based upon that because, I mean, we got dudes out there, like I say it all the time. But, you know, SC I thought would – Exposed Gonzaga a little bit more. I was shocked UCLA did. But by that point, you know, you knew Baylor was Baylor was just loaded with athletes. And and you, it was on full display. It wasn't even close. Well, uh, you did a very good job remembering what you said the first time, Roger. We may have to rehearse uh, every time. That's great points. It was a great tournament. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Robbie, uh, we'll start. We'll get to the Gonzaga in a minute. Uh, let's start with your overall impressions of the tournament. Yeah, well, let's hope I can remember what I said. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that, this, like I said, this tournament always has the intrigue of the nation because um, of gambling, because of brackets. But the level of basketball that was played, I think, is going to bring in some more fans to watch starting in November, December, January. And and once conference play gets started, I mean, it, it is a great sport. It, you know, all the all, three of us obviously all agree, one of our favorite sports. Um, but it, it was just great. And the excitement of it, and I didn't – I've been – Raj, I've been to the Battle for Atlantis a few times – um, and similar, not COVID related, just similar situations where it's limited fans, it's the small arenas, and it is awesome. You hear the coaches coach, and you hear the players talk, and you see what you don't really see on TV or in a packed pavilion or a packed arena. It's a it's a unique standpoint, and I'm jealous you were able to go. Um, 
I would have went, but it would have been a lot of money for one day. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I think the tournament was a success, and I think it shows how much we uh, lost and missed last year when it shut down. I, I know that I was heartbroken, and Tennessee wasn't even going to be in it. But this is just a tremendous event, and um, and one thing, and one thing that I will get, we'll we'll get to it probably when we talk about the game. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it there, and then we'll we'll talk more. All right, so let me bring you my opinion, and then let's start discussing and breaking down some tournament. First of all, I sent you both. Uh, I thought the tournament was great, and and I think it was a kind of tournament that probably built fandom because there were so many storylines. But the one thing that intrigued me the most, especially after watching UCLA in the semifinals, is what happened to this team? Roger, you're a Pac-12 guy. Where uh, this team was legit, but it really put it together late. Was we watching? Did we see a team that everything fell perfectly for, or was this a team that Coach Cronin got ready and really made a great run? I mean, dude, I was. I picked them to go. I think to get into the sweet 16 based upon talent and my belief that I knew they were athletic and skilled. You know, they lost Chris Smith earlier in the year. Chris Smith's a great player, but it's a bit of addition by subtraction in the sense that the offense was far too focused on Chris Smith. Um, you saw what happened. Johnny Juzang. I mean, here's a dude that everybody wanted. goes to Kentucky, didn't quite get his PT, but you know, he just became a maniac. And a lot of guys have that ability. A lot of guys are five-star guys that are going to Kentucky or Duke. But that dude just took over. I mean, even when they were just gritty and, you know, that very Mick Cronin style against Michigan, you know, Michigan's defense is outstanding. Juzang finds a way to get 28 points, 29 against Gonzaga. Um, a lot of things just came together. Uh, but it, it's Juzang being a superstar and Tiger Campbell being a pure point guard i mean my opinion the purest point guards can't shoot for shit excuse my language uh but uh that dude all he wants to do is pass the ball and get it to his boys where they need it and um just a lot of things came together and they were talking on defense um and they were a lot more athletic than gonzaga uh and then baylor just finished him up but yeah but that was certainly the surprise of the tournament you know to go to ot with michigan state first off then they eventually went to OT, I believe, with the SEC champ. Um, it's I'm fairly speechless, but I go Juzang, Tiger Campbell, and the old story of Mick Ronan. So Robbie, uh, in that game at uh, with Gonzaga, the shot selection thing is something I looked at, and I sent it on our group text. It, 98% of the time, UCLA loses that game by the shot selection. Mm. By the so shot selection, it was a 28-point game that Gonzaga would blow them out. But I didn't see anything like that. What was the key? for? Did they just hit that many shots, or was it well, something I missed? Well, so overall, um, we have to change the way we evaluate teams in college basketball for the last decade it's been what's your recruiting class what's your freshman class coming in and 
Coach Cal and Coach K kind of changed that. And so it was your recruiting ranking was your expectations. This transfer for portal has changed that. It is now, hey, you're a five-star. You went somewhere, didn't work out, transfer. Where's your, look at Baylor. Baylor has, I think, three of the top five players are transfers. Like, so what we sleep on is um, low expectations. And you get a power five, like, these kids that are playing in power five leagues can play. I think this first four, that team that gets rolling is dangerous. And um, shots and also rank the point guards of the tournament. And those point guards are where the teams are going to finish. It is, it, it's always been a point guard tournament. I think it's as true to that as ever now. Um, and so, I mean, the shot selection, it was just a that that semifinals was just a great game. It was they both they all, both teams made great shots when they had to, and it was back and forth. And the Suggs block and then turn around and a full length Magic Johnson type bounce pass. I was like, whoa! I mean, I jumped out of the couch and was like, whoa, man, that is awesome! Great, just a great play. And it was that game was just two teams that neither one should have lose. Should have lost, but um, one of them had to. And what a shot to uh, – it was a bank shot, but it was a set-up, clean look at that at that shot. Uh, well, it was it was a great game. Maybe That may have been my favorite game of the whole tournament to watch as a fan. But you bring up an interesting point and somewhere that I hadn't put in our notes to go, but I think, I think we need to address it. Has the transfer portal become more important – then signing day is because we're already looking at it. I sent a text to you guys a little while ago, center from Furman. He's played at Furman for three years, who obviously is better than a Furman level player. Now he's being recruited by Duke. Uh, USC was on it, Tennessee. Is it the transfer portal, the most important thing to build a team now, Robbie? Yes. Uh, for a couple of reasons you have um, at least game film so take this year out of it where it was all conference play Berman will go up and they'll come to south carolina they'll go to clemson they'll go to knoxville they'll go to cincinnati they'll go and play road games like that and you will see these players it's not potential it is what they do against like-size athletes like-size coaching like-size athletic budgets and so you you there's no it takes the the more you know the less you're guessing and you they these are tested players and not guest players and so yes i do think it is going to be the most like if you know Bronny james when he comes through yeah he's going to be the that that player that's the most important one but you take someone like him out of the equation um yeah no i think the transfer reporter is going to be where it is it's who didn't fit coaches leave coaches go to the pros coaches get fired, uh, coaches get lifetime contracts, uh, even during FBI <laughs> investigations, then, uh, thing, you know, things are going to change. People aren't happy. Girlfriends break up with boyfriends, vice versa. I'm out of here. I think it's going to be the most, I guess the, besides how the name image and likeness breaks down with the Supreme court, I think this will be the most important, this transfer change the transfer portal will be the most significant change in college athletics that we've seen in the last 
20 years or so. I, I think you're right. Well, Ross, I was going to go ahead. Real quick, I was going to ask you both. I mean, I just looked up, and to date in 2021, there are 1,228 transfers. That's insane. It's obviously changing the game. Do you think, though, it's a good thing, or if we ever return to some sort of norm, if you will, uh, scientifically and epidemically, that it'll be back to the one-year sit-out? Um, you know, I. I I'm curious because it may be some sort of blend because it's obviously been pretty crazy for basketball based upon mm -hmm. the last season. Well, let me go ahead and address that just a little bit. And hey to Barry James watching, uh, Loretta Spivey watching. Uh, I think you're right, but let's. it's already gotten ugly to me. What happened in Chapel Hill this week with Roy Williams saying, hey, I retired. I was thinking about it, but with this transfer deal – uh, my five-star center, Kessler, just left. I can't deal with this. I'm out. It is a really new mentality. It was one I was completely against 24 months ago, Raj. I thought, how do you build a team chemistry? How do you do this? How do you do that? But the truth is, um, isn't that what every other college student can do that has their grades in order, move schools? So, I, while I don't like it, I think it's the wave of the future, but there is upside. Robbie, you're a Tennessee fan. Don't you feel right now that Tennessee getting in a transfer portal with the core talent they have, it could be, it could really change this program's look by tip-off of next year? Yeah, so there is obviously, and I totally get the point. Hey, if, if I'm if I'm a – Student, I can transfer without consequences. Um, right. The flip side of that is you have to – everyone has to balance academics and athletics and what drives the school's revenue. You take – let's say you're um, – an example, you're a five-star quarterback coming out and you go – you sign with Oregon, for instance. Okay. All right. I am taught the playbook. I'm taught everything. You know what? I'm not playing enough. I'm transferring to USC. Well, now I bring every bit of playbook, all that. Not Year two, I'm not happy with USC. I'm transferring to UCLA. Again, year, I'm not happy. I'm transferring to Utah. You could have a player playing four. I mean – it's just it, there's programs that you can just keep going and you spend six years in college playing four years. Like that's an extreme example, but I think there is a lack of commitment that I don't like. And I don't know if it's just and getting old man, I'm on get off my lawn, but it's just, um, I think there is like, Hey, you sign up on a place. Like you're signing there. You're playing for free. You're eating free training staff, everything. Yes. I, I, I am. Let me back up. I am firmly in the, camp of athletes should be able to get paid off their name, image, and likeness. Um, but I don't know if I like this free transfer portal, even though it may help Tennessee in one year. I think it's, hey, let's look big picture, not small picture. So to both of you, either one of you can answer, and we'll get off this subject. If they go back to a one-year set out, does that change your – if it's open, you can move one time, but you have to set out one calendar year, does that change 
does that change your opinion of it? And I've got to think that would slow this incredibly down at this point. Raj? I mean, uh, absolutely. You know, the funny thing is, is it's not a coincidence that the Blue Bloods, the Blue Bloods, Duke and, you know, Kentucky and all these schools were out because it used to be the only way that an, an immediate impact I wouldn't say one and done, but just an immediate impact player was getting that 20-star recruit that we knew he was going to one of a few schools. Uh, you, you know, now you totally saw the field equalize. Like I said, UCLA with Juzang. Again, I hate to overuse USC, but they had four graduate transfers, all of which who, all of them have an extra year. But they were role players, and they were they were seniors. They were leaders, and they fit way better than most expected. Um, but, you know, the point guard, uh, Chavez Goodwin, a dude that just grinds from Wofford in the old uh, SoCon. Um, Drew Peterson out of Rice. And, you know, I went to a lot of those games. I was fortunate enough, and I was sitting behind the Peterson family. And I just joked around, like, all right, Mr. Peterson, like, even though I think I'm probably older than him. Uh, all right, Mr. Peterson, you know, no transfer portal, please. Like, Drew belongs at USC. And, and I guess you take the good with the bad that, you know, it can really impact and change the fate. I mean, if you would have told me I, SC would be in the Elite Eight at the beginning of the year, I would have been like, uh, right, uh, regardless of Evan Mobley. But, yeah, I, it's just a great equalizer, which basketball is in general. It's not football. You don't have timeouts all the time and trick plays and, you know, just other things count for a lot more. So I'm torn, honestly. Like, I kind of like it, but 1,228 players, maybe it should be a limit on the amount of times you can get in the portal. Right. Something like that. Uh, I know Austin Stewart right now is in the portal from Indiana, and this would be four schools in four years. And also to wrap this up, Robbie, to your point about football, the scenario you described, isn't that Justin Fields was at Georgia, not playing time, found a reason to go to Iowa State, and now is a top five draft pick? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, there, there is good things about, it. I mean, absolutely. Like, you know, there, there are these, these kids, a lot of them, this is their one shot to be, have generational wealth and they absolutely Perfect. should have to, to have that chance. But if I'm not mistaken, Phil, did he have to sit out or did he play right away? He played, um, he played that next year. He did okay. not sit out. Okay. And, and I think he had a hardship where he demonstrated that he, uh, yeah. for lack of a, uh, not to get into the whole thing, but he claimed some uh, inappropriate behavior by Georgia during his recruitment. That's, his that, 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 is, that is, I, I remember that now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not like, so if things go bad, if, if it's not a great fit, I'm okay with that. I do. I like the sit out rule. Um, and in football, I really think it actually helps the player. Hell, Alabama's built a dynasty off of you come here, you sit for two years, don't get hurt, don't put your body at risk, we'll play you the year, then you're dra draft eligible. Um, right. Basketball's a little different because you don't have to, only have to sit out one, or only have to be one year removed from high school to go to, go to the NBA. Um, so it, it, it's a tough issue. Um, I I don't like what and what Raj, Raj brought up perfectly. Twelve hundred kids in a transfer portal. It is free agency. Um, 
on non-paid athletes that a lot's going wrong and there's a lot under the table and the NCAA Barney Fife can't come to the party. Uh, I think that's a great point. And, and I also, I think if you limit it, there's two ways in my opinion, and we'll cover one more basketball subject. Again, you're watching three hours sports report every Tuesday on iLogic Media, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Where else could you see this for free? Um, I, I think you make a great point, and I think both of you do. And I think either you need to set out a year or limit the number of transfers. Somehow they've got to be some consequence. If it's one time you can leave and be eligible immediately, I don't know that I have a problem with it. But when well, you start, go ahead. Oh, what about the schools being on the hook for it? If you have, say, you can say, let's take basketball because the numbers are smaller. You have 15 guys on a roster. Hey, if two enter the transfer portal, or say, let's say three, you lose a scholarship to next year. Stop yes. recruiting people that can't, that aren't fitting into your system. You have right. your academic side, you have your athletic side. So, like, uh, I, and I'm just most familiar with, uh, uh, Tennessee's roster, uh, ticket gains, Drew Pember. Like, I like them both. Realistically, they were never gonna play significant minutes in the SEC. They're just their bodies weren't uh, big enough to bang. And it's like, so you recruited both of those guys to fill roster spots and to practice squads. Well, if they can't, if they're if you're recruiting them for practice squad reasons and you're giving them scholarships, um. You know, maybe that's not the best use of how you need to do things. Um, but I don't know. It's a tough question to answer. It is. Uh, I really love the subject, though. And I think it's something NCAA is going to have to dig into and clearly define 1,200 is too much. Uh, I, you know, Drew Pember is a kid, for example. I think transferring was absolutely the right move for him. Yes. Absolutely. Also the right move for the University of Tennessee. Yes. So last subject of the basketball season, and we'll, we'll probably be a while before we get back to college basketball. After this great tournament, uh, after everything, and again, Gonzaga comes up short. We discussed in text, and I really want to start, I really want to take a second and dig into this. What is Mark Few's legacy? Is, is Mark Few a elite coach now? Does he need to win a tournament to be the elite coach? Is, uh, I made the point, Robbie liked it. I thought it was great. Uh, in my era, this is UNLV. Uh, Final four top team every year. Elite talent, but never wins the championship. What is Mark Few's legacy in basketball if he never coaches a game again? We'll start there with Mr. Robbie. So when this question was suggested, um, my so my first thought was, is he a great coach? Yes. Um, I think he is he is a program builder. He has built something um, very rare and as sustainable as a mid-major can be. Then my 
net as I sat there and thought about it, my next thought jumped to uh, Gino Oriyama. And what I mean by that was he's a fantastic coach also. Probably the greatest women's coach of all time. But he never did it at a different level. And so what I'm thinking of is I would in the monies that like Mark Few, like how would he compete into the um, bigger conferences? Nothing taking nothing away, not, at least not trying to take anything away. You saw Chris Peterson in football dominated Boise, went to the Pac-12. He, he got the playoffs once, struggled, been kind of media. It's a different level of day-to-day competition. Um, Mark Few, he, he is dominant in the non-conference, but it's that's a Super Bowl here, Super Bowl there, Super Bowl there. It is not the daily, daily grind. Um, and so that's just where I, I jumped to was Gino and um, what he do on the men's side. Uh, I assume he would because – Great coaching is great coaching, but um, that's where that's where my mind first jumped to. Rog, do you find it ironic? Um, and and somehow it's beyond my level of thinking right now. But UNLV played in the WAC, played in the WCC. Is there something to that they can get through the tournament? But when you get to the Final Four, it's a level they hadn't seen all year. Is it? Is what do you what do you think Fuse legacy would be? I don't know. I hope he's not dead, or I hope you know something the rest of us don't. No, um, I don't. It's, I don't. To be, to be determined, I would think. But no, I, I, you know, I was stoked growing up out west, and the Big West was right there. It was the Big West first, and Long Beach State was there, and we would go to the tournament every year at the Long Beach Sports Arena, which is a huge dump, and uh, just to see. Stacy Ogman, Larry Johnson, Anderson Hunt, Cadillac Anderson. I mean, they were loaded. And this was before non-conference schedules are, you know, the political strategic game that they are today, so to speak. And, you know, which brings me to Gonzaga quickly. Gonzaga tries to play everybody because few knows. It's a fact. Yeah. You know, they yeah. they have to be tournament ready come tournament and they're not in their division in there so they i mean they scheduled baylor but you know the pandemic and had other thoughts on that um you know unlv did those were great teams and i may be biased um you know they had great players half of whom went on the nba for long careers uh you know the year they were undefeated they destroyed duke which didn't really hurt my feelings at all um i know they lost or maybe one of the years when they were undefeated, they lost, and but they they did get their ring and and Tarkanian's legacy. I mean, what is it now? Is it about a towel? Is it about how dirty he could have been? Who knows? Um, but it's kind of funny that you bring up Gonzaga in that sense because this is a coach who's built his program on really on transfers and and foreign international students. A lot of them sitting out a year. You know, everyone knows that Gonzaga is going to be good next year, but they probably won't win at all. And uh, this year, you know, I, I think most thought he, they would win it all. But same old, same old. So maybe it, it doesn't matter. Maybe he's just a bridesmaid, never the bride. And and to compare UNLV in the early 90s versus 
this Zags culture over the last uh, decade or so, um, we all know Gonzaga basketball. We know Mark Few. Um, but as a kid that grew up in rural Middle Tennessee, I had a UNLV running Rebels trash can. I had a UNLV running Rebels starter jacket. Like they were the college basketball brand. They like to talk about legacy. Um, UNLV was much more flamboyant and bigger. Like they were just the bigger brand. Um, whether they got there legitimately or illegitimately, uh, and if that even matters, um, UNLV, what, 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 they were the powerhouse and the lights and the glamour, and, and that was who – Showtime. Yeah, as yeah. growing up as a kid shooting basketball in, in the driveway, that's who you wanted to play for. Well, I, and I think the point that UNLV left a mark on college basketball, that you – I mean, it's almost that NBA mentality now is what UA, UNLV was back in the 80s and 90s. Also, uh, to your point, I've never heard a grumbling about Gonzaga. I've never heard a lot of um, the noise around Jury Tarkanian in that program was huge at the time that, hey, he's cheating. They'll eventually catch him. Have either one of y'all heard negatives about Mark Few and his recruiting? Or is that even a factor now in his legacy that, Maybe he's doing it clean at Gonzaga. I'll just. I'll I mean, I'll, I'll start on this okay. one. Okay. You want to go for it? Go for it, dude. Oh, no, go ahead, Raj. I, that's my fault. Raj, go ahead. Uh, it's all good. Um, Spokane, Washington isn't the most cosmopolitan part of the world or country. And uh, the amount of. Uh, international transfer students that show up at Gonzaga that not only show up, but they can play. I mean, I, I'm not insinuating anything, but whatever he's doing, he's doing right. And and maybe it is he's clean cut and he's got a nice haircut and he looks like a accountant or a CPA. And, you know, Gonzaga, he likes to, he, he takes less money as far as we know, and he likes to uh, fly fish. You know, we all know these things about the guy. He, he's just happy in his, uh, his, his small market you know, homely town where it can impact the lives of kids. Excuse my uh, cynicism, but, you know, I mean, nobody wants to go to Gonzaga. I'm sorry, unless, and people say it's all Mark Few. I mean, people forget Dan Munson before there was a heck of a coach, and he left for Minnesota, and they were in the, I think, the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight the year before Few took over. So let's say, I don't want to discredit him based on the national title thing, but he knows what works for Gonzaga, and it, it obviously works, but what's it going to take for him to get over the hump? I don't know. Maybe it will be something a little bit more blatant in that right now. We don't know if he's ever done anything like probably every other coach does, and maybe that's what he needs to do. Uh, maybe he, need, maybe uh, he needs a If they could win it this back. year, man, I don't know. Uh, maybe he needs exactly. a McDonald's bag. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, inside joke for all of us Tennessee fans, but Robbie, you get the last word on what well, last word on college basketball until the 21, 22 season. What do you got for us on 
Kansas just gave Bill Self a lifetime contract. So that tells you all you need to know about what's over the table and under the table. The NCAA has no legs. It like I don't know. I don't know the first thing what Gonzaga's program does. I know the FBI has been in multiple multiple universities and they all have jobs still. Yeah. So it, it hey. I hell John Wooden had NCAA problems. Like it it's a dirty sport and you know what? I I like it. I love it. it. It is what it is. Um so some people love the Tour de France like hey. You can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. Like I don't think anybody's clean. I just don't. Uh, so, you know, it's who's better at the Behind the back rules. That's what that's what it is. Our, our friend allegedly, here, allegedly, <laughs> that, that's some turny uh, turny speak there. Our boy, <laughs> our boy Aaron Burt, of course, he says UNLV over Gonzaga. I think we all would be there now until they win the title, and I do think Gonzaga will eventually win a title. All right, let's shift gears kind of rapidly here, guys. This weekend, for me, the biggest golf tournament in the world. Uh, some people like the British Open. Some will like the U.S. Open. But it's Masters Week. Now, us, uh, Robbie, you and I, we grew up, we're, what, four hours from Augusta? It always Might as well be a different country. It might as well. We never get there. <laughs> I'm a, I enter the lottery every year, and every year I do not win. But I love the Masters. What attracts, what makes the Masters different than the U.S. Open or the British Open or the PGA? Why is it more common non-golf fans are interested in the Masters every year? Go, Robbie, we'll fire up with you. Well, short answer is my wife cries every Sunday at the Masters whenever the person wins the trophy. Um, there, I mean, it. she knows what it is. She knows. Hey, this is the back nine at the Masters. She knows what sun, Sunday means, and she sees the the caddies, and she sees the green jacket come on, and she sees all this accomplishment. The whole like it's always the same, you know. I I told her when I was living in San Diego, I was lucky enough to play Tory Pines about two weeks after the U.S. Open was there, and I told her, "Oh my gosh, honey, I just played." I played the U. I played the course the U.S. Open was just on. She's like, "What's the U.S. Open?" Um, but you, you tell, hey, hey, it's Masters Week. She knows. Everyone knows. It's just, it's the one consistent thing in golf. It's always the same place. Always the same people. Always the same uh, networks. It's, it's just it. It's, it's it. It's it's golf, really. Um, unless you are, you know you play in major pools or you play, you're a gambler, then, I mean, who cares when the British open is, who cares when the PGA championship is. Good point. And, and, and I, I too, I cry every year too. So Allison's not I do wrong. too. I do too. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tough guy. <laughs> uh, well, Raj, what, go ahead. What, what's your perspective from the West coast all those years? Now that you're here, the masters, what does it bring to the table to you? You know, golf was booming at the same time. Is it bigger in the South? 
I would say so, certainly. I mean, you go to a state like Alabama, and they have the most golf courses per capita, just wide open, lush greenlands, blah, blah, blah. I sound like a commercial. Um, I am starting to golf a lot more. At first, it was out of necessity because I wasn't hooping very much anymore, and I can barely walk. But um, it's for the Masters, for me, it's – I mean, am I a liberal – minority from Southern California. I, I don't want to play this card, but the exclusivity of it all, I think initially was like why I was like, Ugh, the masters, you know, like I felt like I couldn't even walk on there, but you know, to their credit, the exclusivity, I mean, when didn't they recently allow women members and people to attend? I mean, like, what is this? 1958. Um, but the short answer is pageantry and tradition. Um, you know, I've never seen, marigolds or whatever flowers more yellow you know like i mean the colors just pop on that screen everything pops um i grew up very i'm one year younger than tiger uh one of my very good friends finished ninth to him in cif uh, my junior year which is 93 um so got to see him and, and just kind of like you know by osmosis via osmosis uh and his effect on golf was huge everywhere but especially on the west coast and with you know, I'm, I believe people of all different backgrounds. Um, but to answer your overall question, I mean, I, I don't know what it is about the Masters. For me, it, it just, again, it's the color. It's a very vivid tournament in every way, shape, or form. Um, I understand you guys living so close to Augusta. But, yeah, I mean, the, the exclusivity of all, everybody and their mom has tried to go to it. But. You know, back in the day, you only had a chance if you were a certain uh, type of person. Now it doesn't seem like anybody gets a chance. But yeah. well, that makes yeah. it pretty cool, I think, nowadays. Yeah, the only the only three things that my wife will watch, like she'll watch without me, I watch Sunday at the Masters, the Super Bowl, and by God, on New Year's Day, she wants to watch the Rose Bowl Parade. There is something special about the Rose Bowl parade. That's the only parade I ever watch, too. But uh, so coming into this year's Masters, your defending champions Dustin Johnson. He's trying to go for back to back. I think the names at the top of the of the of the contenders list is pretty familiar to everybody. Of course, you have Spieth, uh, Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, kind of John Rahm, but. Let's talk about um, who you like and who your favorite is. Who are you playing in your DraftKings? I, I don't know a lot about golf compared to other sports, but I do know I love to watch DeChambeau hit the ball. And, and on if he's in that contingent, um, that final two or three groups on Sunday, I will be on ESPN where I can follow him shot by shot. So I don't know if he's my favorite to win the tournament, but he is definitely my favorite to watch. Robbie, who are you leaning to favoring and how much how much wagering will you do on this event? Hey, I hey, thanks to Barry James. He, he was on Baylor first money line last night. Uh, I uh, I cleared I cleared a little bit of money last <laughs> night. So I got some fresh Benjamins in the account. All well-placed, well-timed uh, bets, right, Robbie? Uh, well, I had a bunch of Benjamins go out of the account during the first part of the tournament, uh, or the first, up until last night. 
The key is just always win your last bet and bet enough to cover all your previous <laughs> gambling 101, kids. Yeah. Um, so you can lose so, it. So you can lose it in one week. That's right. Um, so looking at the odds, um, even though he's not playing well, um, man, Brooks Kepka at 28 to 1, he knows this course, he can win it. Uh, that's probably where I'm putting some change on. Um, I like DJ as the favorite, um, but it's it's golf, man. It, it, I just hate picking the favorites on because I think there's more value. Uh, I'd stay away from Rory just because he's got some mental issues going on with chasing DeChambeau. I don't think DeChambeau's he's a favorite because he. He's a bit like GameStop. He's the the flavor of the the year, but you got to chip and putt at Augusta, and that's not his strong suit. So, um, if it's me, I uh, I'll take Justin Thomas eleven to one, and uh, I will half that bet and take Kepka at twenty eight to one. Oh wow, it's pretty good strategy. Is that the only? Well, is that the only two you'll play all weekend, or will you make round bets during the the tournament? You know me. I'll be <laughs> betting, I'll be betting live. Is this guy gonna get out of the sand trap? <laughs> Thanks, Allison. Uh, we appreciate your patience. Rods, do you have uh, any favorites going into the tournament? You know, and this kind of brought me to my point. First, when it comes to Rob and betting, I mean, he's an etch-a-sketch of opportunity <laughs> and optimism. So, God bless him for that. Uh, amount of money I've seen that dude lose. It just I keeps tend to keep start. Generally speaking, always, dude, and more power to you. And uh, he keeps justifying as well, which as long as you can sleep hey. at night, I'm the same way. Hey, it's no, hey. Wait, hold on. Somebody, somebody, uh, I, I heard this from somebody else, but he says, I used to want to rob a bank uh, for all the money inside. Now I just want to rob a bank to get all my notes back. <laughs> Touche. There's Rob, ladies and gentlemen, in a nutshell. Oh, I love him. Um, so back to the Masters. The one thing about the Masters is there's, there is kind of that magic there. I mean, we all saw Tiger in 2019, but what were his odds going in? You know, Sergio in 2017, he was like 30 to one, I believe, something like that. Um, you, you know, the Masters never really, I mean, Bubba Watson is my, my guy in the sense that ironically enough, but like, he's just a, he's just who he is, man. He's just from Georgia and he likes to drink beer and likes to play that course and freaking that's where my money is. Um, not necessarily in the biggest hitters. You know, the Masters is not obviously built for big hitters. They know what they're doing, clearly. Obviously, DJ and, you know, others are predicted. But I usually will we'll, we'll go with a frat guy, uh, maybe even a, like a fowler a little bit. He likes to gamble and drink a few beers. Uh, like Jim Rome used to say, Elkington, but he doesn't golf anymore uh, very much. He may be on the seniors tour. Uh, but no, I mean, the beauty of the Masters is, honestly, I think it's a coin flip. Like the NCAA tournament, which is a great analogy. Thank you, moderator. You brought that all around full circle. 
it's a coin flip, man. When does it ever go? I don't know how many times the favorite has won, but I, I venture to say it hasn't been very often. So going in, go, go ahead, Robbie. I was going to say for all you Chattanooga folk listening, uh, hometown Baylor grad Harris Harris English is going off at one twenty to one. Here we he's go. got he's got some talent. Uh, well, one twenty to one. Now that would be that would be a a decent long arms, but but well, it's uh, I'll, I'll, out, Mister Moderator. You're very passionate about golf. What do you love about the Masters, and who do you love? May I ask you a question? Uh, Council is permitted. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, and that's what this show should be. I'm rolling on COVID today, so a COVID vaccine, so I'm a little, little out of it. I love the pageantry of the Masters. I got to work for a company a couple of years. It's been, oh, God, it's been 15 years now. But I worked for Club Car indirectly for Club Car. And uh, if you go down to the Masters, uh, there'll be a lot of people walking around with club car badges on. And, and that, that, that's the one time I finally got in was on a Wednesday practice round. And I went just simply to say I went. And when I left that day, I found something I loved. And I think, I think it's the pageantry. And, I think CBS does a great job with telling the story that makes me cry every year. Um, personally, I'm a front runner on golf. I've always, I was a Jack Nicholas guy. I'm a Tiger Woods guy. I'm a, I really don't have a guy right now, but I mean, I do enjoy watching uh, DeChambeau hit the ball. Um, I, I do betting a little different. I have no problem with telling you I use websites. And one of the ones I use is Osimo. And um, they gave four long shots to win the tournament. And instead of me trying to outsmart myself and do all this crazy stuff, I'll probably go put $10 on those four long shots. And history will tell you one of the four will be in contention on Sunday. And I'll be texting you guys and showing you my screenshot of that I got Matthew Fitzpatrick at 60 to one. The one I really like, and I have trouble saying his name, but I read a great article today on him was Colin Mockery. Uh, he's playing well. He's played well at the masters. He's at 30 to one right now. And he is definitely somebody I'll put some money down on. I hope you're getting some money on that shout out for the website you use. Uh, yeah, we're not, but we need yeah, to. Yeah, dude. Uh, I also use Roto. And I'll be the Californian here. Can I be the Californian here and name Big, drop? Drop it. Uh, actually, it's a it's a Southern connection. It's a Southern connection. Uh, my wife's. I mean, I'm Indian, so we do our family lineations, if you will, differently. But I guess it's her fourth cousin's something or other. Um, just a great family. We disagree highly politically, but much respect to them. Uh, long story short. Uh, I believe he's still Scotty Scheffler's caddy. Uh, oh, my nice. wife's like second or third cousin. She was a, uh, her name's Cassie. And she was a Dallas Ice Stars girl. So she ice skates in Texas, which is certainly an anomaly in its own right. Well, <laughs> I guess before this year. But um, her husband is Scotty McGinnis, who I believe is Australian or Kiwi or whatnot. Uh, but 
very cool dude from what I understand. He seems very chill. My father-in-law likes him and he doesn't like a lot of people. But that's kind of my inside. But uh, like I believe if he's not Scotty Scheffler's caddy anymore, then I'll take that back. But yeah, Scotty McGinnis, he's a caddy. Uh, he recently won. I think Scheffler won something recently. So outside in, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a little bit on that. Which is the better job, backup quarterback in the NFL or caddy on the PGA Tour? That's got to be a close conversation right there. You're setting me I up would, now, bro. I, I, go I, ahead, Robbie. I, I would say um, backup quarterback in the NFL. Make a little more. But, well, and you – you just don't really do anything, <laughs> and you uh, you just heck you can make a you can make a twenty five thirty million dollar career if not more holding a clipboard. If you get behind someone like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady who won't, who won't let you take practice snaps, you are literally just sitting there. And so yeah, Dude, I'll Matt, take that. Uh, Matt, Matt gonna, Castle, I don't want to go down too crazy down this path, but Matt Castle. Was a tight end at USC, and then a backup. I mean, initially a backup quarterback, but I don't believe he ever started a game. And he had like a twelve-year career running the Patriots uh, half the time, going eleven and five because I could have been the quarterback for them. But that's being a backup quarterback, and that's an interesting analogy. Are caddies people that uh, are are golfers that wanted to turn pro? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of I believe like psychology. Uh, chemistry, physics, uh, what's the science of like reading grass? Uh, not Dave Hick, whatever that Dave sort Hick. of, you know what I mean. We need whatever that more. is, they help, and, and and yeah, dude. So, long story short, it's a difficult comparison. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be a backup quarterback for Steelers, Robbie. What are you gonna do Sunday? Where, where you be? What's your tradition? And and wrap us up on the golf segment. I will be not my tradition, but I will be uh, down at the beach. I'm leaving in the morning. I'm going down down to the beach for the next ten days or so, and a little spring vacation. Um, clear the the mind before we get back. Courts open back up, and then uh, get back into hopefully reality. Work some. And then, so I will be watching it. Um, even though I'm vaccinated, I've got both shots. I'm good. I don't know if I'm ready for society yet. Um, so I'll probably be watching it uh, in the living room at our condo down in uh, Panama City Beach. Yeah, fun. I always order, for some reason, I always order pizza on, on Master Sunday and sit around and eat pizza and watch Masters all day. That's just kind of my little thing, but let's switch gears in the last, we're going to run along just a little bit, but let's switch gears for about five minutes. Let's talk a little bit about baseball season and opening up. Um, I've had trouble getting into baseball season because I've been so wrapped up into March Madness. But one thing that jumped off the table to me, and I've watched, I think the first three games of the year, the Braves got swept. Um, Rod, do the Braves need to go? Do they are they desperate for a front number one pitcher in Atlanta? 
No, it it's a long game. They're going to be fine. As a Dodger fan who saw them in Game Seven of the NLCS, that team's built to win. My wife is a huge Braves fan. Same with her dad, and I tell them all the time, and it, it it's going to happen soon with that team. They've got a, a staple of young stud pitchers. They signed Charlie Morton. It was a great sign, you know. If I'd knock on the Braves, it'd be the, the bullpen a little bit, and you know we don't know what what we got in them, but. I mean, every year there's like, I think a couple of years ago, Pittsburgh started out like 15 and one and then something like that. I'm, I'm embellishing, but then ended up like 15 and a thousand. So it's early. They'll be fine. They're the best team in the National League East. And, and I have no dog in that fight. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they didn't really tear the cover off the ball, but they're going to be fine. They will be fine. Well, to your point, the Braves up gave up one in the eighth and one in the ninth to lose today after leading uh, late into innings. Robbie, I know uh, you're not a huge baseball fan, but you've been following it a little closer. And and I think, first off, my question is going to be off the wall. Does DraftKings being allowed Tennessee make you watch baseball more now than you did in the past? Oh, oh, yes. So, <laughs> so to be honest, so yeah, full disclosure, you sent us some baseball topics. I had I had to Google every single one of them, um, and so I will. Yes, this will be the most uh, knowledgeable season <laughs> I've had in baseball because of gambling in Tennessee, in Tennessee being legal, and so uh, Major League Baseball. If you get wind of this, push all legislatures and all states to legalize gambling, and it will increase your interest in your sport, and so. Um, yes, yeah, so I will. I will now transfer transition to baseball, and I will learn uh, some of these players are. I, the times I am in Vegas or Tahoe or um, anywhere that is gambling, I'm strict. I'm a Moneyball gambler. Just the names don't matter. I'm just looking at the ERAs and the batting averages against. So um, I, I don't get How by. How can you lose? That's right. That's right. Trust the process. Hey, I do the same, man. I, I, I watch the Braves. I don't know that I necessarily am a baseball fan. Um, like my friend Dennis Swainey, he would record baseball games all day, then go home at night and watch them. But I do the same thing because of DraftKings. So, But uh, it, I do – I have found myself the last couple of years getting more into baseball. But that is about – the quality of talent I think that's in the majors like right now. Rog, can you can you like go in? I mean, I said it the other day on another show, having Acuna, Soda, Tatis, and then on from the other side, pitchers like Walker Bueller, uh, just kids. I mean, under 25-year-old kids that are phenomenal players. If you had to pick from that group one player to start your franchise with, who would you take? I mean, that's a very difficult question, but I mean, that brings up the point why baseball is appealing to a lot of people, that there's a lot of young talent. And, and baseball has travel teams and stuff. It's not quite as dirty as the AAU. You know, some of these guys switch back to basketball, go through five high schools in four years, and then we wonder right. why they transfer four times during a pandemic. But back to baseball. I, you know, I don't know if it's coaching or just sheer talent or athleticism. 
uh, but this is the most talented I've ever seen in the game. And, and I love baseball. I absolutely love it. Um, dollar dollar bills, y'all. Dollar dollar bills. Nah, Those dude. Contracts. Even I loved it when I was a kid before uh before I was even selling rock. You know, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Just no, kidding. I'm just saying uh, the talent. No, I mean it's uh, because the money's increasing. Yeah. It, you know, well, I mean, there's always been an emphasis internationally for some people. That's you know, in the Dominican and other areas, that, that could be the only way out. But to answer Randall's question, Tatis is – he's pretty cool, man. I, I think he's a good player, and, and I hope he's okay, even though I'm a Dodger fan. You know, I don't know if he's dislocated or, or sublected shoulder and he's getting an MRI, which can't be good. It, it um, looked very – Juan looked, Soto is like eight. Tatis' injury looked very bad. It looked like something that could affect a career. Let's yes. hope not. But go ahead with your point about Juan Soto. Well, I mean, you know, as a Dodger fan, I want to beat the Padres straight up. I want to beat the Braves with Albies, who I think is pretty good, but Acuna is wow. Um, so I would go either Acuna Jr. or uh, or Juan Soto personally, with the T's trailing slightly behind. I know my Dodgers got a ton of dudes, but. We also got Mookie, so we don't have to worry about kids as much anymore because Mookie is the best. Thank you, Boston. And still under 30. So still uh, under 30. So is Mike Trout under 30. Robbie, how about you? In your well, research I, today, who did you come up with? Um, I So I, I Googled the best players in Major League Baseball. And um, <laughs> the so – just so you know, it was Fernando, Freddie Freeman, DeGrom, Jared Cole, Acuna, Soto, Mookie Betts, and Trout, which I don't know where they – I don't know much about baseball, but I assume Trout's probably up Excuse to number one. It's Garrett Garrett Cole, not Jarrett. Garrett Cole. Oh, okay. That, what did I say? It's a, it's a subtle pronunciation key. Oh, you said Jarrett, which is – it's just the pronunciation thing. I just wanted to let you know. I'll figure this out as we go. Um, hey, do you know he plays for the New York Yankees? Uh, so I just learned that out today. This is the best um, segment in this show's history. Look, so, so okay, so let me just ask you guys this, and because I am a, I'm just a proponent of you don't go up against like if I'm I, I don't go up against Amazon. Like I just don't believe in that. Like. I think, and this is this is. I'm probably the only NASCAR fan here, or maybe Randall is. Maybe also, like I, lo- I love NASCAR for the first four months of the season. Then the NFL starts, and it. I don't. I don't. I couldn't tell you who ever wins the championship. And for me, baseball has that same problem as they run into the NFL, and in like I just don't know why these sports don't. I know it's tradition. I know it's it's history, but. Man, if I could avoid the NFL, I would. And I would stop. If you could have the World Series at the end of August, man, that would bring so much more attention to the sport. Am, uh, am, I, wrong? am I wrong? I mean, I, That's just my belief. I don't know if y'all agree or disagree. We've never really talked about it. But that's just how I've always felt. I fire up for baseball. Like right now, I'm on fire for baseball. And I will burn out somewhere along the year. And then I'll, I'll slowly go from watching every game to just watching the Braves, 
when it comes September, though, I have to admit my my attention wanes a lot. Now I'm able to get it back in October because I love play playoff baseball, but there's about a month or month and a half of the baseball season that is just dead to me. Well, I guess I guess at the very least, do not play playoff games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday during football season. Like, don't go up against college and the NFL. Like, space it out and just. Play on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and and get the audience. Now, no, I will give. I you agree. The, I give you that too. And but baseball is different in different parts of the country. I have a lot of friends up in Michigan. Uh, I work for a company up there, and I I don't think of the Detroit Tigers as a popular franchise. I've well, never, you've never been a Detroit Lions fan. Yeah, you know. These people in Michigan Bro, they're, are – they're the D. It's, they're huge. Yeah, yeah they're huge. obsessed with the Tigers. I mean, more than the Lions, more than the Pistons. Well, These God, people – God, yeah, the Lions suck. Yeah, that's that's a point too. How about out west, Roger? Is, where does baseball rank in the sports hierarchy? Very high. Um, and I think it's like yourself, Randall, having a – it always helps to have a team you associate with, whether you're from the area, you love the, a player or, or whatnot, you know, always having a dog in the fight. I remember, um, you know, going to Dodger games throughout my life, even though the angels were closer in orange County, but yeah, we don't, we don't do orange County when it comes to baseball. Um, it, it always having that dog in the fight is great. It's also a big, big market team. So I, can't even remember when they were not relevant per se, but that's not what baseball is to me. It's 162 games. It's a long season. It's going to interact with, I think it does interact with all four sports. Does. If I'm not mistaken, it's another. Uh, and I mean, it, it means the world to me. It's a point of pride. It's a game I love. It reminds me of times good in the past, right now, summer, etc. Is the season a bit excessive and long? Yes. Does baseball have a massive marketing issue? Always. I remember this a few years ago, uh, but with African-Americans in Philadelphia, they asked kids in, like, on, a, on a schoolyard and playground, you know, who is this? And they showed them Ryan Howard's picture, uh, African-American first baseman for Philly, and most kids didn't know. But they knew Lou Williams, who at the time was the Sixers' sixth man. And, and, and now, Lou, this is like eight, ten years ago. Now, Lou Williams, most people know him, but they don't do themselves any favors, you know, like these playoff games and the scheduling and, and, and it, it, it could be a lot more fan friendly, but it's not. So I hate that. It's either like I grew up with baseball and I love it, or I didn't, and it shouldn't be that way. You know, it, it should be a, an activity, a sport, especially right now when we all could use some sort of positive, you know, yeah. competitive outlet. And I you know, did grow it, up make it a baseball. Make it just user friendly, if you will. Yeah, I, I grew up with baseball. I just lost it over the years. Like I remember the Braves, Ron Gant, uh, Justice, um, guy who was the uh, shortstop, and then Terry Pendleton was on third. I mean, there, there were some uh, Maddox, Burkall, Burkall. They were. I mean, the, I grew up with them, and then I loved Ken Griffey Jr. and it just it's just slipped away over the years, and not that I'm I'm not a sports fan. I'm just, I I watch everything. I just can't get into. It. Maybe gambling will help. I let me tell you, it does help. I'm just going ahead and tell you. 
I'm reading a book currently. <laughs> and for me to read, that, that says something, you know. Um, but I agree with you. I, I agree with both of you. For me, baseball became irrelevant at one point. What has brought me back to baseball a little bit is some of the changes they've made to speed up games. Um, I think they really got to focus on keeping games in a reasonable amount of time. Um, I love live baseball more than I do TV baseball. So I find myself going to a ton of lookouts games. Me too. and, And going to Atlanta a couple of times a year. When I'm at the game, I can appreciate all the subtleties of, hey, they're bringing a left-hander to face this guy who hits a buck 25 off of left-handers. When I'm at home and it's four pitch, I do think, you know, some of the rules to change the pitchers and how many batters they must face, they've went a long ways to speed up the game. Uh, and I think that's suckered me back in a little bit. And I will also say the talent, um, this is crazy, but I, I'm a card collector too. And that they are so many young players. Um, it's in the majors. I'm out getting some Tatis cards. I got, you know, I, I had to get some Juan Soto stuff. And I'm packing that stuff back. So it's kind of like they go hand in hand for me. It's it's almost like right now I'm living my youth again through baseball. I really feel like I've, I've went full circle with baseball. Um, but live baseball, let's go to that for just a second. Robbie, do you do you go to a lot of lookouts games or Braves games? Um, yes, and and so so I was very very worried and very concerned that we were going to lose the lookout. And um, I'm so happy there's a ten year agreement with the Reds. Um, I I think it's hey, I may have missed the window now. Um, I want to get our I want I want our law office to buy a five game box package and then um, try to go to as many games we can to really support yeah. them. Cause I agree with you. Live baseball is great. And, and it is for people that play it, played it or understand it. Um, it is, it is such a great game. Uh, the one I've gotten to where I prefer minor league baseball mm-hmm. better than major, but the, the, the pitch clock is wonderful. Yeah. It, I wish Major League Baseball would adapt that. Um, I like the speed of the game, and I think it makes because you know Theo Epstein's talking about moving back the mound because it's so the pitchers are so much more dominant than the hitters now, and it's strikeout home run. The pitch clock will wear down the pitchers more, and I think make game more exciting, make more doubles, singles, stolen bases. I think all of that's great. Like that's this this home run strikeout baseball is. I think it's boring on TV. Roger, I know you went to the World Series last year, and and I was jealous because uh, I thought the Braves were going to make it. But we all us. need Roger's sports budget. <sighs> I know, Roger, you, you you've got a great wife. I'll give you that. Uh, what do you like? Uh, she's baseball? the best. Rog Rog also has a lot of friends that hook him up, and he doesn't deserve it, including my boy Craig Sandiji with the Dodgers respect um what i like about baseball you know the nfl how much actual playing time is there in the nfl like like 17 minutes most of it's timeouts and other things but you know in society today we like you know smash and destruction and 
big plays, and and I love football as much as the next person. Uh, you know, baseball, I guess, is not for everybody, and I think maybe baseball uh, from an organizational and administrative standpoint possibly, you know, sat back on their, you know, pride comes before the fall, but, yeah, this is how we do things. This is how it's always been. If you don't like it, beat it. Well, look what happens with, with you know, ratings and involvement and kids and, and everything. Now, like you both have stated, we, we've got a, just a treasure trove of, of young talent that, like I said, with the Ryan Howard thing, they need to be marketed. Um, for me, you know, my parents came here from India in the early 60s and grew up in L.A. And, you know, eventually I learned that my dad just loved going to games because they served beer until the seventh inning. But that didn't matter. Like, I remember a Fernando Valenzuela versus Doc Gooden game. And I, my dad would you know, take my buddies. And it didn't matter the night we'd go. And when I get back to Southern California, you know, it's it, it's warm. It, it's a great sport. It's competitive. I'm drinking beers, hanging out with buddies, watching a, a very strategic game. I mean, at one time I would not have called it my favorite. I would have called basketball and other things, but baseball to me is just sort of the way that you guys uh, associate the Masters. It's, it's it can be poetic. I hate to be that guy, but it's true, man. It's a uh, and, and I can take my kid there too, which is beautiful because yeah, NFL games. I don't know if you guys have been lately, but you know. As a Raider fan, I can't take my six-year-old there to a Raider game until he's 38. So, baseball, that's you don't have to you only, worry about that's that. You only go to Raiders games. Hey, dude, oh. it doesn't matter in the NFL. I'll, 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 and I'll, I will just piggyback on the marketing problem that MLB has. Y'all said Mike Trout's under 30 or close to 30. I don't – I have and, – and they say he's the next – or closest to Mickey Mantle. Yes. I'm not sure I've ever seen Mike Trout play a baseball game. And that that is exactly what the problem is. It, people don't know about these guys. And I, and, and, and I and I'll fl- I, I don't go out to watch but I, I'll watch the ESPN Sunday night game and I'll watch the, I'll turn the Braves on and I and I'll watch it but I'm not sure I've ever seen Mike Trout play. That's crazy. There's All a right, combination guys. of factors there real quick. Oh, sorry. Are we closing up? No, go ahead. Go. We got time. Uh, I mean, number one, he's with the Angels. And number two, like a true superstar, he is so humble. The, the sense yeah. of humility. He doesn't like the spotlight. He just goes out there and and plays 180% in the field and at the plate. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he would prefer people not knowing that he is probably the best so, player in the game. but. Flip side is, yeah, man, Mookie Betts is right there, but Mookie Betts has got some rings in two different yeah. cities. So uh, I, would, I don't think I would, Mike Trout even cares about the comparison. I went I went to Chapman, I think in eleven to twelve was Trout out was he in the league by then? I don't I don't think he's a ten year veteran yet. Uh, he's, he's getting close. He's, he's getting close. I think I don't think he was. Right. The, the, the the Angel Stadium was right by Chapman, but I never went in. Well, yeah, you didn't miss anything. You kind of <laughs> you kind of led me to the 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 final thought I had on baseball. And Mookie Betts uh, is a local kid. Uh, he's from Nashville, Overton. Was committed to UT at one point. Um, so there's some ties. That I, you know, travel baseball 
has become huge in the state of Tennessee. Of my network of friends, I have three friends that are playing travel ball right now. And it's an organization like these kids play. Uh, they'll play in Atlanta one weekend. They'll play in Gatlinburg the next one and maybe Asheville the next one. It takes a real commitment for my family to play travel ball. But the percentage of those kids that do that, that get a free education, uh, a college scholarship at some level, I guarantee you those numbers are high, what uh, well above 50% if they've done it consistently all the way through their high school life. So uh, it's a big commitment from families. I've got, I've got some – I'm scouting uh, some softball players in San Crazy. Diego from, for uh, future Lady Vols. Good. <laughs> We need I don't, some. Know I, I don't know if I can if I can name names that, that, or if that's that, that doesn't that doesn't sound good, Rob. That does not <laughs> sound good, Rob. Uh, hey, Lady Vols championship in a I guess what would be twenty twenty eight maybe twenty thirty one something like that. Yeah, we we need some kind of championship. I can name names. I don't want to get them disqualified. All right, you stay stay out. <laughs> He's the booster. All right. All right. All right, guys, it's been a great show. Let's go through everything one more time, and then we'll have final thoughts. This is a permanent addition to the iLogic Media family. It is called, for lack of a better name, 3R Sports, Randall, Robbie, and Raj. We'll be here every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Um, this is really going to be uh, – this. y'all tune in. We'll get through the summer. We all love every sport. We, there's love for baseball, basketball here. But if you make it to the fall with us and you get to uh, be part of our league through this podcast, our fantasy football league, I think it's going to I think it's going to be so much fun to discuss on here, uh, especially the fact I've never won it. I say it first. It takes are you trying to are you trying to live draft? Uh, Are you going to want a live draft? I can. I don't know if we no, can do that. Wait, we'll need a, a three-hour delay. What is ten hours of studio time called? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what's after Criminal's second pick? He would cost us about a thousand dollars a pick just for studio yeah, time. Yeah, we have FCC regulations. Can yeah. Come, what 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 I've thought about doing it's the though, internet, bro, is uh, I have a, a I just got a laptop in today with a couple of webcams, we may do on-the-spot pick reaction and post it during our show that next Tuesday and discuss it. Uh, I think that would be hilarious. But uh, for now, this is our home. I'm super excited about it. Um, I kind of bounce from podcast to podcast, but I found my home. Uh, this is where I'm going to stay, and I hope you stay. Uh, every, every Once we finish our show, we're always going to give everybody a wrap-up segment. Uh, so that was mine. I want to promote the show. Um, if you want to advertise, if you want to help us get this to a bigger market, there's a couple of people out there, a couple of radio stations I've talked to. Please help us. Um, we will provide you quality entertainment, even on a COVID vaccine, as I am now. Uh, and boy, hey, Robbie, you're right. You go down about that after that first hour when you're doing a show on the COVID yeah. So, uh, but iLogic Media, Spotify, uh, iTunes, we're going to have all kinds of neat stuff happening. Just stay with us. So, Robbie, you want to go ahead and give us a crows and thoughts for the night? 
Yeah, so I'll a little shout out to uh, PTI and uh, how they do things. <laughs> I've been getting text messages about some errors and some uh, shout outs I need to give. So error, step boy. Uh, yeah, uh, Aaron Aaron Burt, who's watching, told me that he's the one that gave me the Baylor tip, not Barry James. So we'll have to figure that one out. And then shout out to. Uh, my 78-year-old mother, who she, uh, I was in a bracket with about 35 people, and she won the bracket, and uh, she got she got us our entry feedback, and then uh, donated the rest to the softball league out in San Diego. So good for her. And then last shout out, one more time, guys, everyone listening, go get vaccinated. Let's get through this, and let's let's get back to going to bars. Excuse me, going to sporting events. Let's get back to having fun in person. Um, and thank you guys all for watching and whoever supports us. And hopefully we grow this to something bigger. And um, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, I'll be at the beach and I'll hopefully get some margaritas in the screenshot. <laughs> Anything else will be disappointing if you don't do that. Roger, you're hitting cleanup tonight. Bring us home. No, man, I think Robbie really closed it out. I just, it's funny, we have an old school pool that to me is like my buddies run and wives have all been a part of it. We started it, like my buddy started Eli way before all this. And my wife said recently, all I want to do in life is win this bracket, win, win this pool. And I'm like, you don't want to be a good attorney or have, be a mom or, you know, raise a kid. Eh. Uh, and she picked Baylor and due to her, probably me being in her ears, a lot of Pac-12 schools deep, and, and she won. It's a, it's a $10 pool. That's, that, that's okay. But, yeah, dude, it's all about – I mean, she made some strong picks. She didn't ask me because people job, assume definitely. that. But she'll, she'll go and she'll lock herself in the room. And, uh, no, I mean, I, I know everything I think I know about college basketball. I ended up in 18th uh, overanalyzing per usual. But, no, as Rob – close it out so succinctly uh get vaccinated and uh yeah just don't don't give up on baseball either man like uh it's the greatest man when once you have kids nowhere else you can take them to i'll tell you that much once you have kids people like me once you have kids people like me can't afford to take take any anybody anywhere <laughs> yeah ain't that the truth uh and to your point um, except Paris, uh, Paris is, <laughs> uh, to your point, to both of your points, we are here for the long term. We need, we, we're going to improve our quality, improve our, our show. Um, it's a lot of fun though, but if we weren't doing this, we'd be on text right now talking about the same stuff. So it's just, uh, who we are is this show. Um, yeah, if, if it's easier for people to just join our text chain, just give them our <laughs> cell phone numbers. Yeah, yeah, let's not do that. Yeah. I think that text oh, chain yes. would get a lot, a lot <laughs> of people in trouble. Uh, one more question. So, Rod, your wife winning the pool, does that mean there's hope for me winning the fancy football league at some point? No. I, I think it's uh, okay. Jeez, I think. It, very smart and intuitive, and she's usually around me, so she's got a huge advantage. But Roz, no, I, I think you're like me in the basketball pool. 
you uh, you overanalyze quite a bit. And the other thing I'd say about you is you're a heck of a player. We've been in the same division. I've only been in the league like four years, and I won it once and was in the finals three times. Two, I don't know. But uh, sometimes, and you got a big heart, and you've been through a lot in life, and I totally get it. But with fantasy football, you cannot think with your heart, and that's where I've gotten in trouble. So uh, Roz, you will you win eventually, but if my wife joined the league, she'd probably beat you. Oh, Lord. Yeah, she hey, probably would. Hey, Roz, if you have to pick one, does Gonzaga win first or does Randall win first? That's a good poll question right there. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to go Randall just based on competition. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, guys, it's been a great show. And again, we thank everybody for supporting us. And uh, it's kind of like this all fell apart, uh, fell together. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, I've got my vaccine in me and I'm uh, day two and two, I'm gonna shots. two shots. Right now, I'm going to go sleep about eight hours. So uh, I appreciate everybody. And we will tell you next week, eight o'clock. Robbie on the beach and Raj in his den. Thank y'all. Thanks, everybody.